0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash impact. Welcome to The Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbrough and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of the saintsnation.com, Kevin Held of the team drops the ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis.
1: Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die?
0: Well, Ralph, no sense. You're going first. Oh, no, definitely. No, 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 no. <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! <laughs> Dave, Dave smells like nougat. <laughs> now here's your host,
1: Ralph Malbro. Alright, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Marlborough As always, we are brought to you by the Pelican House 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge. You had a great week if you went to the Pelican House, because they have 136 draft beers. You got to watch LSU beat... Uh, Texas A&M and Leonard Fournette dump truck, some random Texas A&M dude. You got to watch the Saints pull off a miracle win yesterday in Pittsburgh. They have a 50-foot TV. They have a menu to die for. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They support us, so you should support them. Now, Juge, pay up and start singing like a bird. I want to hear it in three, two, one.
0: Humidity is rising.
2: Air meters getting low.
0: According to all sources, the street's the place to go. Cause tonight, for the first time, just about half past
2: ten, for the first time <laughs> in history, it's gonna
1: start raining, man. Alright, that's enough. That's it's enough, rain, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I think my, I think my ears just started to bleed. The only thing worse than you singing that was the dolphins getting housed by the jets. Uh, I, I can think of worse things. Yeah. Um, Dave is back with us. Uh, we had a mini holiday. Kevin is still, uh, Unfortunately, pre-detain. He, they, Kevin will not be with us until Ferguson is not the lead on CNN. I, I don't. I don't know else how to say it. All right, Dave. I'm going to start with you. The Saints mm-hmm. won in Pittsburgh. Uh, on a scale of not surprised at all to oh shit, I can't believe they just won this football game. Where did it re? Where did it rate on the Dave scale?
2: Uh, you know, I would say it rated at like a six or a seven. I mean, I definitely expected the Steelers to lose. I was on a podcast with the guys over at behind the steel curtain before Mm -hmm. the game. And I think they thought that I was out of my mind because I was predicting the Steelers to win. And (laughs) I mean, I just I didn't have a lot of nice things to say about the Saints. Yeah, I think they were getting I think they were getting a little cocky and a little confident after our little chat because they're saying, oh, this is going to be easy. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, But uh, uh, but, you know, so so I'm definitely surprised that they won. But at the same time, I mean, this is the Saints. And uh, like I said, after the game, they they win the games you expect them to lose and they lose the games you expect them to win. So, uh, you know,
1: ultimate 2014 Saint move.
2: Ultimate, right, so.
1: it, it was the ultimate 2014 Saints so,
2: so you can't really be too surprised. You can't really be too surprised. Dude,
1: I was really – seeing their defense against Baltimore at home, how they got gashed and how their secondary got lit up, I thought Pittsburgh was going to drop a can on them. And, Andrew, I felt – and I, I said this to my wife when Pittsburgh went up 6 to nothing, and then the Saints scored to make it 7-6. I turned to my wife and I said, I think Pittsburgh missed their window – to blow the Saints out. And Andrew, as crazy as this is going to sound, I really think like the Saints' defense kind of saved their season. If that Pittsburgh game, if it would have got 10 nothing or 14 nothing early, I think it's completely different. Maybe the Saints pack it in. But the defense kind of held them together while the offense kind of sucked in the first quarter.
0: No, you're right. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. For me, in that game... Roethlisberger was off, and you know you could tell the minute that he hurt his hand, um, his accuracy went. And he was a little better later in the game, but uh-huh. I really did feel like that affected him, and that was big for the Saints. But um, I also thought the play calling uh, for Pittsburgh was really poor. I mean, if you watch tape, and you know that you run the ball well, I mean, after what Le'Veon Bell did last week, yeah, uh, for them to throw the ball as much as they did. You know, they go first play of the game, play action, they throw it deep and complete. I mean, just numerous to second and nine, not committing to the run throwing that that was a big surprise to me. And I I think especially with, you know, right. You saw that one driver, Roethlisberger hit his hurt his hand and they ran like nine plays in a row and they got down at the 10. Um, And they they should have stuck with that. I, I thought it was a really poor game call by the by the offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, and and the thing is with Pittsburgh, their their defense has kind of the stats say they're pretty good, but they're really not. I mean, when yeah, played, I wasn't
0: that impressed.
1: That when they when they played good, really good teams, they've kind of got housed. And and the thing that sort of turned their defense around was they got James Harrison to come out of retirement. They got Brett Kiesel to come out of retirement. When you're getting guys out of retirement, and that's the solution to your defense, like that's not that's not a long term solution. Yeah. Kiesel can look good on a, a, a random Monday night or whatever, but that's not a that's not a long term solution. But
0: well, he got hurt about halfway through yeah, the game. Yeah, he did.
1: Um, Dave, we have so much to talk about because your main boyfriend, Mark Ingram, had 122 yards, and you people laughed at me when I said he was going to get a thousand. If he gets 60 yards the last four weeks of the year, he gets to a thousand yards. Um
0: if he gets to a thousand yards, I think Dave should sing It's Raining Mark Ingram on the podcast. I thought that was supposed to be a punishment and if
2: Mark Ingram gets to a thousand yards then I think you all should have to sing It's Raining Men. <laughs> I'm the one that believed in him. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but uh no, it was it you know, it was surprising to read the stat line at the end of the game because it was sort of a quiet hundred and twenty yards it was. You know, th- there was no yeah, there was no one play. You know, it wasn't like he picked it up yeah. on one big sixty yard run or anything like that. Um <clears throat> just kept chipping away. Just kept he chipping did, away. That's, a, that's yeah. a great uh, a great way to put it.
1: Yeah, and then your other guy that you've sort of It's not as big a boyfriend as Mark Inger, but Nick Toon. Another one of your favorites. He finally scored a touchdown, and was active.
0: Dave, Dave is big on the Nick Toon train.
1: He was for a little bit, right? Nick, um I think. was
0: at the beginning of the season. I mean, I I thought that he should
2: have. I thought that he should have made the team, and I, I I, you know, especially last year, I didn't understand why he sort of just disappeared last year. This year, I, I understood a little bit. He didn't look that great during
0: preseason, but, um, yeah. You, I mean, guys, you guys, do you guys think it's an indictment of Peyton that? You look at what Morgan and Nick Toon have done in a couple weeks now. Do you guys feel like the, the fact that Meacham has been playing over them all season is, is ridiculous? Yeah. I, I mean, mean how, do you, yeah. how do you defend that yeah. after what we've seen?
2: The only
1: thing you can defend is with Joe Morgan, they actually had to suspend him for whatever reason. So there might be things going on there. But there's so, he. But Sean Payton today in his press conference, he was so complimentary of Nick. Toon. He's like he's been working hard. He's been showing good in practice. We just can't find the spot for him. I don't understand. Like they obviously have held on to these guys, and they they were afraid to release them. It it is sort of, it is sort of an an indictment of them, but. Andrew, doesn't that sort of speak to coaches in general where they, they just sort of like their veteran players? I mean, the Saints stuck with Shanley forever, you know?
0: Yeah. You no, know, I think sometimes you trust it. You don't want to rip the Band-Aid off, you know, because you trust that uh, you know what you're going to get out of a guy. And I don't know. I mean, I think with Joe Morgan, you know, there's the he, – he he's not going to run the most polished routes. He might miss a block. He might jump off sides. Um, but I, I, I think the home run threat – um you know, sometimes the the net positive that you get out of someone is worth some of their shortcomings. And, you know, I, I think at this point in his career, Meacham's not really creating much value for himself.
1: Yeah, um, It it it's tough, Dave. The one thing I will, the, the, you know, and we'll get to the, the Drew Brees replacement rumors and all that. But, Dave, we said it last week. And I think it's even more true. This the last two weeks, Drew Brees has been in that level of destroyer of worlds, Death Star, just bludgeoning people. If he, if he if Drew Brees continues to play at this level that he's played at the last two weeks, Dave, is there any doubt in your mind that the Saints are winning the South?
2: Mm. Yeah, I think you still have to have a doubt. I mean, he played great last week, but what was the end result of that game? I mean, they still lost. Yeah. Uh, it's a team game. There are 52 other guys on the team. There are 10 other guys out there on offense with him, and there are 11 completely different guys out there on defense. That's for um, sure. If, if, yeah,
0: you
2: know, if, if Drew's playing well, it certainly gives them – they've certainly got a chance every game they play in, but it doesn't guarantee that – win out, you know, the rest of the season or or win the NFC, but uh, I, I would flip that, and I would certainly say they definitely can't make any noise for the rest of this season if Drew doesn't play well. Yeah, I
0: Agreed. just feel like nobody's... I mean, I, t- I told you, Ralph, before the game, I said that Breeze had to play perfect for the Saints to win, and he did that, and they won by three. Well, so... it was... Let's well, talk. I fair enough, but my, my point my point here, I think, is basically, yes, I mean, it, the game was basically out of reach, and, and they got a couple garbage stats late, but the point remains, I, when you get in these games where Breeze has a turnover or two, again, they, the, mar, the margins are so small that... They the can't have
1: Drew... It, yeah. Drew Brees can't drop a C-plus or a B-minus game. The Saints are losing, and it doesn't matter who they play. Like, they... Yes you know it you, even last year to a certain extent they could have games hell in the playoff game against Philadelphia he threw two picks and they lost the turnover battle 2 nothing but their defense was awesome and they had the run game this year they don't have all the pieces around him he can, it, it's sort of like a golfer he can't he can't duck hook it off the tee you know um for them to have a chance uh dave the defense i thought yesterday the defense how they played and i don't care about the two late touchdowns whatever um, if the saints lost 35-32 but scored two late touchdowns we wouldn't give a shit about it so i don't give a shit that the defense gave it up is is but I, I do think yesterday okay, well, you,
2: and I dis- you, and, you and i disagree because I, I, I it does concern me a little bit yeah i mean um you know I, the only way it wouldn't concern you is if you're rationalizing it by saying, ah, eh, they took their foot off the pedal and
0: they sort of relaxed a little bit. Well, how well, is that? I went? mean, could, could, could you say that's – how could you say that's not the case?
1: Well, I th- could, you could say they played prevent defense to perfection because well, Pittsburgh ran out of time. You
0: well, could that's say, exactly – but that's exactly what they did. I mean that's why Pittsburgh was so successful. I mean granted me- the tackling wasn't good, but – literally they were dropping their corners were 15 yards off. And they had and a couple of personal
1: foul penalties that helped along.
0: Yeah, team. that was awful. Well, um, the point, the point, the point I was trying to make is if you
2: want to say that they let up, I'm talking about from a motivation standpoint, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying mentally and, and, and energy wise. And from a motivation standpoint, Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're making the argument that they sort of took a step back and, and didn't play as hard, well, uh, compared to they just they just suck and their shittiness finally caught up to them late in the game and if there was an extra 5 more minutes they would have lost the game they're they're two different i don't know if i'm making much sense but i mean those are two different reasons i guess behind why you can think that they sort of collapsed the defense collapsed at the end of the game but regardless either way i'm i'm not crazy about either situation you know even if even if they purposely took their foot off the gas pedal and relaxed a little bit that's that's not what they should be doing you know they they're not good enough to be doing that f- first of all
1: well they uh, they played it really co- they played it really conservative on on offense at the end, I think, Dave. And, and Peyton even mentioned that today. You know, He said, look, we wanted to run the ball three times and get a first down, but we had a stuff and then I think they had a holding penalty and it, it just makes it almost impossible to get first downs when you want to run clock and you don't
0: yeah, want to Yeah, but I, I thought that was fine. I was fine with that, even on third and long when they ran it because Pittsburgh used all their timeouts. They had a minute left. And after the pump, I more said, they had to go 95 yards yeah. in a minute. You know, so I can live with that. I mean, I think the main takeaway here is when you're playing prevent defense, you're now you, you, you can be pissed about the penalties. I mean, those were ridiculous. The face mask by Corey White, the personal fouls by Vicaro, totally unnecessary. You can be pissed about the tackling, which was god awful in that sequence. I mean, the Steelers were literally running the same play every time. Everyone was running streaks. The defense was playing back, and then they would dump it off over the middle to Le'Veon Bell, and he would break five tackles before <laughs> going down. And literally, it was, the sta- it, it was the same play the whole drive. But so you can be mad about the tackling, you can be mad about um, the personal fouls and stupid penalties. But I think from a schematic point of view, they were dropping everyone in coverage, and they weren't rushing. You know, the, I think the, the Detroit game was probably fresh on their mind. They're like, yeah. we're not going to blitz here because we're not going to have a Golden Tate situation where receiver catches the ball 20 yards down the field and then runs for a 70-yard touchdown. So they wanted to keep everything in front of them. They wanted to keep the clock moving. They were absolutely playing a prevent defense and allowing the underneath throw to go for 10 yards. Um, so I-, I didn't really have a problem with Rob Ryan's calls there. I just wish the tackling had been a little better. But
1: to my original point, Dave, how
0: I say. I mean, my, my, but how, how else should we have played that? I mean, do yeah. you guys feel like we should have been blitzing? Because I don't, I don't think. Yeah. there's just... No, but, but I don't I, think the corners should have been playing press coverage.
1: No, they. My my point is they did it exactly right. Pittsburgh scored two meaningless touchdowns. The clock hit zero. They went for two. Whatever.
2: They could have right. done a little better playing playing a safe defense. I mean, you know.
1: They could attack. <laughs> but, but they could yeah. tackle
2: better. That I agree with. They that could I
1: attack, agree. but but like as far as like what they they just needed to execute it better. I didn't have a problem with what they did, and I didn't really like. I don't really like. I don't really care. But my,
0: like the I, ma- the main objective was to keep them in bounds and keep the clock running and they kind of did that. Yeah. Right. My, but changing your scheme doesn't mean playing shittier defense. No, that's it just true. means
2: playing but, a different kind of
0: defense. But, well that's, playing, that's pro, playing, playing prevent defense kind of assumes you're giving up yards. You
1: just
2: got to tackle. But my yeah. original
1: Okay.
0: Was- okay. But yeah. They gave up two
2: touchdowns in 4 minutes. No. That's not prevent defense. That's we have a hole in our defense. No. That's not that's not keeping them in front no. of them. That's letting them get behind them into the goddamn end zone. But yeah. they, they
0: they scored both touchdowns from from the red zone. I mean, they, they didn't let them get behind them. It wasn't like they got beat over the top. That's well, my what point. Like, does it like, matter
2: if you're gonna play prevent defense and then and let them get into the red zone because and then the say, di- oh, once because in the, red the red zone, difference is
0: if you're bl- because the difference is if you're blitzing and you let them score down a 60 yard seconds, where drives that they had getting 10 yards at a time with the clock continuously running. Those drives take two minutes, and that was the point. I mean, they it's, wanted to bleed them.
1: It was, it was prevent defense. It it did what you, it did what you hoped it would. It 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 wasn't it wasn't maximally efficient because their tackling was shitty. Um,
0: yeah, and, and they, they gifted them about fifty, and 50 yards and penalties. Yeah,
1: but before that. I thought their defensive effort, I think that's as good as they can play. Disregarding the whether you thought the prevent defense was poor or they should have done something different. Dave, I thought the rest of the game, the first 56 minutes, that's as good as the 2014 Saints defense can play. They, they're not capable.
0: Yeah, I'm, of I'm with Dave, though. I mean, Dave, you can elaborate on this, but I, I will say – I mean, I think the appropriate way to handle that is right after the fact you enjoy the victory – the defense played great. They got two turnovers. They put the team in a position to win. So I think you're happy with all of that. I think when you go back a day or two later and you start watching the film, that's when you chew these guys out and be like, look, guys, this effort was piss poor. The tackling sucked. Corey, what are you doing grabbing this guy's face mask? You know that, That's the appropriate time to go over that stuff. But I do think Dave's right. When you're, you know, when you're watching the game tape and Sean Payton and Rob Ryan, the perfectionists that they are, um, that's an opportunity to learn and get better, no questions.
1: Dave, but is, do you think this? Do you think they can be better than what they were the first 56 minutes against Pittsburgh? Can they be better?
2: I don't know if they can be that much better. I feel like they were playing at a pretty high level for for you know. I, I mean, I I guess Patrick Robinson can start catching some balls. He's not. He's uh, not. It's not happening. It's year five. Oh my God. It's not year. It's year five. It's not happening. But but I'm I'm not ragging on Patrick Robinson because I thought this was again one of his better games. Uh, I, I don't, we don't need him to pick off balls, but if he wants to break up passes and, and have tight coverage, uh, you know, that's fine with me. We'll, we'll take that. We'll definitely take that. Um, the beat's getting uh, rested on third and 12. Am all right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> no, I mean the defense played great. Obviously Cam Jordan, nice to see him. We haven't really seen much of him this season. Kind of disappointing. Um, but the, the, the pass block slash interception was huge. That was crucial. Um, and then adding a sack at the end. Um, so, you know, I, I would say, unfortunately, that this is probably as good as they're going to play. I think really what you have to hope for is that they just continue to play at this level. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I definitely have serious concerns about that. This is just, you know, the only thing you can expect out of these guys is the unexpected, you know. I, I mean, it's they're just they have not proven whatsoever this season that they can be consistent. They have played great games against good teams like the Steelers and the Packers. And then they look completely helpless in other games. Um, So at, at no point is this team to be trusted. So, you know, you want to be op- you want to be optimistic and say, "Oh yeah, they're gonna win out the season and they'll win the NFC South. They got this locked up. Whatever. Um, that's fine." But I I think it's a little early to say that.
1: Well, we'll get into the schedule in a second, but I want to touch on the offense of Andrew. Kenny Stills. He was really good against Baltimore. and He was phenomenal yesterday. Um, yeah, incredible. Is can he be? He can't be. I'm not saying he can be a top ten wide receiver in the NFL or top twenty. But with Marcus Colston aging, can Kenny Stills be your number one receiver if you have Jimmy Graham and a really good running attack? Is can he be a lead number one I, I receiver? Mean,
0: no, I don't think so. I, I think Kenny Stills' ceiling is maybe like a, a Lance Moore in his prime, you know? And Lance Moore in his prime was a, a thousand yard receiver. Yeah. He was really good, made a lot of plays. I mean. Yeah, you could argue he's faster, so he has the ability to stretch the field a little bit more than Lance did, but, um, man, I mean, some of these catches he's made, I mean, fantastic hands, Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think he's maybe not physical enough um, and maybe not polished enough running the routes underneath um, to kind of have consistently games where he's going eight for 150 and games like that, but um, you know, he, he can certainly stretch a defense. I I'll tell you this. I think he's more polished than Devery Henderson. I think he he's able to run more routes and make more plays. Um, so I, I think his ceiling is higher than Devery and he still has that, uh, field stretching ability that Devery, Devery brought. So, uh, but I don't know that he's necessarily a number one receiver and, and the beauty of playing with Jimmy Graham is he probably doesn't have to be
1: No. Um,
0: Dave... But all of a sudden, I'll tell you this, all of a sudden, you know, Brandon Cooks, he had a pretty good first year, and you hope that comes back from this injury year two, he'll he he'll be much further along. You couple him with Kenny Stills, all of a sudden the Saints have two pretty rock-solid young receivers on the roster.
1: Yeah, Dave,
0: Jimmy Graham didn't catch a
1: pass, and if you'd have told me that, I'd have been like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Um, I'm
2: sure there were a lot of upset fantasy there. Owners, were a lot
1: of upset fantasy. Not me though, really, because I played a guy with Jimmy Graham, so it was fun <laughs> to see. The, it was fun to see the Saints win and Jimmy Graham have a goose egg.
0: Let me guess. What's that, Andrew? Let me guess. You still lost.
1: No, I won. But oh, that's wow. in my. That's in my league where I started out one and six, and I finished six and seven, and I'm not going to make the playoffs because of tie breaks. Sigh. Um. This this offense, Dave, what does it need to do? What is it how many points do they need to average the last 4 weeks to get to the playoffs?
2: I'd say they need to average like about 27. Uh, you know, yeah. if, if I mean to be safe, yeah, I think 27 an average of 27 points, which obviously means, you know, in, <clears throat> in certain games uh, they get less, maybe they get 18, you know, or 17 or 21 against a team like the the Buccaneers, um, but they might need more points, like uh, 30 or 35 against a team like the Bears. Um, so, so I would say the average. I'd I'd put put the over under right
0: around like 27.
1: Andrew, how much do you think they need to average?
0: That's such a tough question because you know a lot of it depends on how much they're turning it over. I mean, if yeah. if they're turning it over, they need to score more. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm with Dave. I mean, I I think you, you got to be in the upper 20s minimum. You know, average. I mean, I'm I'm guessing there's games where they might be down to 24, and hopefully games where they're in the mid 30s. But because you know, I like, feel
1: like I feel like they play. I mean. Carolina's offense is terrible, and Cam Newton is beat up, and if you guard Benjamin, you're okay. But I feel like against Atlanta, if the weather's nice in Chicago, and as much fun as people make of Tampa, they have Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, and McCown is as likely to throw for 400 yards against the Saints as he is to throw five picks. So I feel like they're going to need to score, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say they're they I'm gonna say they're gonna need to average almost thirty,
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean it definitely.
1: So, Dave, as we as we head, they're five and seven. As we head down the stretch, um, who's a guy on defense that that has either not played as well as we thought or whatever that you are like god he needs to play good the last four. if i said if i said dave pick one guy in on the defense to be awesome the next 2 weeks who do you pick <laughs>
2: um that's a tough one um well i mean when you first started asking me the question you know i would say i just talked about him but i mean cam jordan has for the most part, kind of been a disappointment this season. He's shown up in a couple of games but a lot of other games. He's just completely disappeared. And, you know, I mean, if we could get a couple of good games out of him, uh, that would be great. But I, I think to, to have more of an impact, I think if a guy like Patrick Robinson again, can play well over the next few games, then that gives you two, that gives you good play at both cornerback spots. And I think that, I think that having that, would have a much greater effect on the overall defense and their performance. Um, I, I think that would help the pass rush a, a little bit, give them some more time to get to the quarterback. Andrew, uh, of course, you could say the same thing about Cam Jordan yeah. getting to the quarterback, and that gives the cornerbacks a little more time to cover. But you know, I, I think cornerback is where they need the most help, and so therefore, if uh, if if they could get a lot of help there over the next two games, guaranteed, then I think that's where they should take it. Andrew in your fantasy world that doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, I'm a little bit more, I'm with Dave. I mean, obviously the coverage just being better. I mean, we kind of saw that already in this game. And, you know, if if Corey White and Patrick Robinson can start to play like that uh, consistently, uh, I think this is a different defense. Um, But for me, I mean, you look at how Kim Jordan played in that game. He had a sack. He, He played well against the run. And he obviously the interception was huge. Um, but I just think you need you, if you're gonna have a chance to get off the field, if you're gonna have a chance to make plays, you gotta lean on your stars. Um, and so for me, you know, if you're asking me who who plays better, I mean, it's gotta be Junior Gallad or. Dude, Kenny that Beccaro.
1: was what I was gonna say.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's where where the Saints are getting sacks, they're getting pressure, and, and that that's directly gonna cause turnovers. I mean, um, you know, so that, that that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know, I think. The secondary is what it is. I think hopefully you just hope that they keep playing a little bit better. Um, they're not going to get some cornerback at this point in the season who's going to show up and yeah. transform how they're playing. So I think more than that, they've got guys up front that are actually capable of making plays, and Gallette and Jordan. Yeah, I, I would say you want
1: gallette – best-case scenario, you want Gallette to have over the next two weeks like four sacks – And and I think with, with the Carolinas horrible offensive line and the bears, horrible offensive line, like it's very possible.
0: I I think, yeah. I mean, if you look at this defense and, you know, obviously they're struggling, you you would say, well, Patrick Robinson and Corey White have not been good. Pierre, Pierre Warren hasn't been good. The linebackers have struggled. I mean, you could have told us all of the, all of us this at the beginning of the season and we were, we would have said, well, that's too bad. We wish one of those guys would have overachieved, but I'm certainly not surprised. Uh, I think the surprise comes from the core group of guys. And I, I consider the core group, you know, Akeem Hicks, Jordan, Gillette, Vaccaro, Keenan Lewis, um, and uh, maybe even John Jenkins. I would throw him in the mix there because he's a good young player. And to me, every single one of those guys has underachieved this year maybe with the exception of Lewis before he got hurt but Hicks
1: Hicks is he drives me nuts and and the thing is yeah. and I and I I tweeted this out he's going to be a guy that if he has a big year next year he's going to get paid a ton of money and it will scare me to death if it's the saints
0: yeah i agree but I, so i mean i think the bottom line is we know those guys can play well. And Vicaro and Jordan have both struggled this year. Both of those guys made huge plays in this game. Yeah. And I think if the defense is going to semi-turn it around, we know they still have holes and weaknesses. But if those guys can come close to playing the way they were last year, that that changes things.
1: All right. Now we get to the fun part where uh, I was watching soccer Sunday instead of watching the pregame shows. Um, so I didn't see all the, the stuff about – Rob Ryan's gonna get fired. Him and Sean Payton hate each other, and the Saints are gonna draft Drew Brees's replacement.
0: Oh, don't forget Ray Rice too.
1: Oh yeah, and they wanted Ray Rice. Um, so we'll start one at a time. <laughs> one at a time. And first of all, my theory is Sean Payton planted these things himself because he it's the Bill Parcells. Let's create a crisis and take all the heat off the team and put it on me. That's my theory. But they, I,
2: I always wonder. I feel like they do come in waves. I mean, like, three different things all kind of came out. Um, you know, it, it was kind of curious. It was almost like Peyton said, like, told three, you know, low-level staff guys, hey, go talk to your, your media guy and tell him this, or come yeah. up with something, and, you know, and, and just make something up. And they all, like, uh, they, you know, normally Peyton gives three guys a job and only one actually follows through this week. Like, they all three follow through. Yeah, they through all
1: the three follow <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, people, you know, and the reporters. I mean, they're not going to make stuff. They're not going to make stuff up. They got it from somewhere. But yeah, I, no. I just man, if he if he gets rid of Rob Ryan, that'll be defensive coordinator number
2: four. Four.
1: Right. It, it's 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 Gibbs, double G, Spagnola, and Rob. No, it'd be number five. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, it would be five. the the new one would be five. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just
0: yeah, that, yeah. Nice save, Dave. I don't
1: see. I mean, I, I don't see it, Dave. I think that the, Rob Ryan gets another year.
0: Uh, you know, let's see how this season plays out. Think? I, I think that I think that's a big. Mm, I, I don't think there's any way he gets fired. First of all, first of all, Jay uh, Jay Moore interviewed Drew Brees today and. Jake
1: has a sports show. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that either. But um, Breeze came out and said that it's so ridiculous. He's trying not to laugh. You know, Sean Payton, in his press conference, I mean, what more do you want than him saying it's not true. I think Rob's doing a great job. My relationship with him is great. You know, I, I, out- I don't know outstanding what. Outstanding was the word he used. Outstanding. So, I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for. Um, I, I think on the sidelines, yes, you see them screaming at each other. Uh, but I mean, they're talking, you know, and I think, you, you know, I, that, that's the thing I, I would say, I mean, if you look at Greg Williams and Sean Payton, and that was a true case of a broken relationship, we know those two guys weren't looking at each other they weren't talking, um, you know, and so obviously there, there's an open communication between Ryan and, yeah, and, and, and Payton. They, they work together. So I think it's BS. Yeah.
1: And Here's the thing. I mean, if you if you just play it out, okay, they're gonna get rid of Rob Ryan. What up and coming young defensive coach or quote unquote hot coordinator is gonna come and work for the guy that goes through a defensive coordinator every two years? Like, who are they gonna who are they gonna get? Maybe they'll get Dennis Allen, but he for the Raiders, but he has he's gonna have better opportunities because he was hot when he played for Denver when he was coach at Denver. I just I don't I don't. I don't know. I don't see. It. I mean, I guess it's possible if they completely collapse, but I just I don't know. I don't see it.
0: I don't see it. I don't really feel like Ryan's been a disaster either. He's been very up and down this year, but I mean, you look at the Pittsburgh game, that was a pretty good performance.
1: Yeah, and they haven't had um, any They've had no. And Dave, the thing that that I think And they held the
0: Vikings at 9 points.
1: Yeah. And Dave, the one thing that that I always look for as a former media guy is, you know, you read the paper and, and with Spagnola at the end, like the last, like, I think it was about this time of in 2012, they had the anonymous player quotes from Holder where they're like, dude, this scheme is bullshit. Spagnola is bullshit. He doesn't adjust and this and that. The players are all like, we love Rob Ryan. Stop blaming him. It's on us. They have had no cracks at all in the defense of Rob Ryan. I think that's got to count for something, right?
2: Yeah, I don't uh – you know, I, I don't know I don't think that there's an issue with the with, with Rob Ryan. You know, but I I still you know, you just never know though. I, I, I feel like if, if they finish the season and they play pretty crappy, you know, who knows? They they could still get rid of him.
1: So, Andrew, the other big rumor was that they were gonna they're they're looking for Breeze's replacement. So are you cool with the Saints trading Drew Breeze to Tampa for two number no, ones no, and get Mariota? No.
0: no. No, I <laughs> I think any plan that involves a Drew Brees successor is someone that is groomed by Drew Brees. I mean, I I don't see how you could. I mean, obviously you look at Andrew Luck and how that played out for the Colts after Peyton Manning left. That is that's luck. Mo- though. That I mean, that that, that is the so most lucky scenario in the history of the NFL. I mean, I mean, it, look at the Texans. Just- the Texans have had two number one
1: picks in the last like six years, and they just the wrong year.
0: No, I mean, I think the situation where like Young playing for years behind Montana and then finally he gets his chance and he blows up or, you know, you you look at uh, Rodgers who sat behind Brett Favre with the Packers for a long time. I mean, I, I would ideally like Breeze's successor to at least have a full season behind Breeze, yeah. watching him play, watching how he prepares, watching how he studies, watching how he leads um, for any successor to come into. So based on that – I have no problem with them drafting a quarterback. Now, I don't want them to use their first pick, especially if they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be a high pick. I think it would be ridiculous for them to burn a high pick on a, on a quarterback. But, you know, second or third round pick, if, they, if a guy falls to them that they like, I'd have no problem with them taking a quarterback that's a guy that Breeze can groom and bring along. Maybe that guy's still Ryan Griffin. I don't know. But uh, for me, it's not one of those situations where you get rid of Breeze and you hand the keys to the new guy who you assume is going to come in day one and play well because that that's just fantasy that fantasy land that doesn't happen in the yeah. NFL very often.
1: No,
2: the one it, thing the one thing that I thought was weird was uh, in that CBS story that Will Brinson had wrote. He had he had a source with the team or, or somebody who said something about Drew's height, like oh they're concerned like with his age, like in like combined with his height. You know he's not he wasn't as tall as Tom Brady. Or Peyton Manning, and, and some right. staffer or something made that comment, and I, I just thought that that was weird, and I thought it was out of place. I, nobody nobody with the organization has ever said anything. Yeah, it's about Drew Brees' height. I mean, they 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 know who Drew Brees is. His height. He's his, gonna his, shrink. He's getting, yeah. getting short. Well, I mean not even that, but well
0: I think I, mean, I think they, they the point of that Brees though
2: for for who he is this whole time and he's a great right. quarterback. It, it was it was a weird it was a weird quote. I don't know. It was almost like But I think the point up. of that
0: I think the point of that is that Brady and Peyton Manning have these big time arms, these huge cannon arms that 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 are gonna age more gracefully. Whereas with Breeze just being more a diminutive um, it's more about his technique, his footwork, and over time, like, footwork is going to go faster than, you know, just pure raw ability, just pure size, and so, you know, that's going to affect his arm strength and that he's not going to... I guess the point was, in my, how I understood that was that he's just not going to age as gracefully as some of these other guys that are playing in their 40s. See, I...
2: You know, the way the way I took it was that, all you know, all aging quarterbacks, they lose their arm strength, and and at least Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have the advantage of being taller. So when they lose their arm strength, they still got a better field division vision and all that. You know, when all the other advantages that come with being taller. But Drew doesn't even have that. So it's like, oh, well, I mean, once his arm strength
0: goes, then he's really gone because yeah. he's not even tall. That's, that's I mean, what I would I, I would say if you just look at Breeze's body, if you look how his fitness and just how he is. I mean, I would say that he's in a lot better shape now, and he's physically in much better condition than he was in his mid-20s.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this. you know, His arm strength might go, but he's such a freak. I think his athleticism will stay as long as, God forbid, he doesn't get a serious injury to his knees or his legs or whatever. And the thing is with the rules in the NFL, like they're not going back. They're just getting more and more quarterback friendly. And I'm going to tell you – they have a couple more things that they can put in to make it even more quarterback-friendly. So, I mean, I, I, I just don't see it. I just don't understand. What, like, if you're going to draft a successor, you, you just do it. Like, there, there's no upside to leaking. I don't know. I don't know if they wanted to motivate Breeze or whatever. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just something that you do on draft day, and you're like, oh, the Saints picked, you know. I, do, they, find
0: it, I do find it funny that uh, – Right after the article comes out, he dumps five touchdowns yeah. on the, the Steelers on the Reds.
1: He should have gone into the press conference with a cigarette and a bottle of scotch.
0: I mean, look, Ralph, uh, I mean, like I'll, I'll throw really this, out this out, out there. Bree's thrown basketball for 70 He's completed 70.3% of his passes this year. Um, you know, he's gone over 70 in his career only twice, so this would be the third time. He's already going to. Past 4,000 yards passing for sure, and he's closing. You know, 5,000 might be a stretch this year, but he's averaging 7.7. I mean, yards per per pass. I mean, that's more. That that's the exact same as 2012. It's more than 2010. Um, You know, he he, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, His QB rating is 101.7. That's better than 2012. Better than 2010. Better than 2008. (laughs) Uh, better than 2006. So, I mean, if you're just if you look at it purely by the numbers, statistically, he is having one of his better seasons. It just
1: it doesn't feel like that, Andrew. No,
0: I'm saying it on the off the heels of the Steelers game. Yeah. But the fact remains to I me, mean, statistically, if he if he stays at this level he's at right now for the last four games of the year, he, he could still put up a monster year statistically. Yeah. All right. We have a ton of Twitter questions. So before we
1: get to the Carolina preview and the rest of the NFC South, let's get to these Twitter questions. So this is from Jose Mejia, I think. Random question, Andrew, why are college and punt pro college and pro punt formations so different?
0: That's a good question. Um, I think in the NFL, uh, that teams are, first of all, the punt returners are more explosive. And secondly, uh, they, they just, uh, there's more emphasis on the gunners. Uh, they mm-hmm. trust the guys up front a little bit more. I think in college, the teams go max protect a little bit more because they're terrified of a punt being blocked. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's just in, in the NFL, you really have more developed and specialists on special teams that know exactly what they're doing You know, you have long snappers that are the best in the business that get the ball to the punter. You know, they're actually timed to stopwatch, and The 32 long snappers that have jobs in the NFL are the ones that, you know, can get in the the quickest amount of time. And so I I think there's just less of a need for protection um, because these punters get the ball off pretty quickly. I mean, the specialists are so good at what they do. Um, whereas in college, you know, some of these specialists are, yeah, they, they have the leg, but they're not necessarily and, and, getting getting And laid, also, especially.
1: one last note on that: in the early, the late '90s and the early 2000s, they had coaches like Frank Beamer <laughs> and another guy where they had perfected like a strategy. To do punt blocks. And Virginia Tech, they had one – I think the year they, they had Michael Vick and they played for the national championship, they blocked like some ridiculous amount of kicks. Like I, It was like double digits. They were like blocking like one a week. And the, the three guys in front of the punter, like that is a direct uh, result of coaches being able to scheme up the punt block so they – like Andrew says, they do the max protect. So that's our reason for it. All right. Um, Dave, let's see. Um, how, well, maybe we already answered the, the Sean Payton rift a question. This is a good one. Dave, how similar are the 2014 saints to the 2011 giants? The
2: 2011 giants. Yeah. That went nine and seven and won the super bowl. Um, I don't know yet. I'm hoping they're very (laughs) similar. I, I, I feel like I'm comparing them all the time. Uh, I was just, I was just telling a friend today, actually, you know, that, uh, you know, I was being optimistic and saying that the you know, if the saints can finally start playing some good football and get their act together, you know, I mean, it's, it's happened that a team has sort of backed into the playoffs and, uh, this would be a little different because I think the Giants were the wild card because their division wasn't so shitty that a nine and seven uh record got them the division title. I think they were a wild card. Uh so this would be slightly different because the Saints are gonna have to be the NFC South champion if they're gonna make the playoffs. Um, but it is possible, you know. This is this is the modern NFL where, you know, the Saints can beat the Steelers and uh, the Rams can put up 56 points on uh, the Raiders and beat them 56 nothing or whatever the hell the score was. Uh, I mean, crazy shit happens, so who knows? But, uh, but I, I'm, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it turns out like that. The one thing I was going
1: to say, Dave, is 2011 is when Atlanta scored two points against the Giants in a playoff game. So the Giants, even though they were, <laughs> were nine and seven, they did host a playoff game. And yeah, Andrew, that's true. And Andrew, if I'm correct, I want to say the Giants. They were like an injury mess that year and they got a bunch of people back.
0: Yeah. So I, mean, I I feel like quite... the Giants were playing some pretty awesome defense at that point though. Yeah, that's like, the same.
1: Like I think like they hit rock bottom against the Saints because they were missing like guys in their secondary and those guys came back and they beat Tampa and made the playoffs. Like the thing is with the Saints like they're not going to get anybody back. So there isn't going to be this, like, boost that they're going to get from, like, oh, we're going to get Gillette back and we're going to get Cam Jordan back. So I don't know. It's yeah. a it's a hard comparison. but
0: uh, Well, to be fair, Cam Jordan hasn't really been playing. So if they can get him <laughs> back, if they can get Vaccaro back, then maybe that does make a difference.
1: Andrew, this, this is from uh, Alakazam. Should the Saints trade for Pierre Garçon to maximize their pierreness? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. Um, yeah, absolutely. I you mean, isn't there I, – I was actually mad. There's there a rookie, Pierre Desir, who's a corner, who I really wanted yeah. the Saints to draft. Yeah. So I, I was kind of pissed that they didn't get him this year. Yeah, it's it, – The more peers, the better.
1: Dave, if the steel. this is from yeah. JFF – if the Steelers kn- knew all of J- – is it time to change the playbook or leave him as the decoy?
2: If the Steelers know what?
1: If the Steelers knew all of Jimmy's routes and can shut him out, oh. is it time to change the playbook or is it fine to have him as a decoy?
2: I don't think it had anything to do with knowing his routes. I mean, I think they just were focusing on him and they made a conscious effort to take him out of the game. They felt like he was the guy that was going to, you know, beat them. And so they wanted to, they wanted the rest of the Saints' offense to – to beat them <clears throat> and they did a good job of that i think it was more you know they probably had two guys i didn't look at the film i didn't rewatch the game uh you know they probably had two guys on them you know double coverage oftentimes and uh so no i don't think it's time to change the play hell look at you know honestly you could you could make the argument that they play better when they're not trying to force the focus ball force the ball to jimmy uh you know and it lets them spread it out to all the other guys, and it kind of gets the, the, the offense back to the you know, 2007, 2008, 2009 offense where they just always spread the ball around. So honestly, it's really not even that bad, even if that's what they're doing. But um, it would be nice for them to utilize you know Jimmy and just pepper him in and mix him in with, with everybody else that they have because they've got talent, and that's always when Drew is at his best. When he's spreading it around, and when he's just throwing to the open guy, and not, you know, and not throwing it to Jimmy in double coverage, mm-hmm. in just that spot where only Jimmy can come down with it, you know, because sometimes it works. But if Jimmy's not feeling it, and Jimmy's not uh, catching the ball, uh, then the whole the
0: whole system
2: fails. So uh, well, I,
0: I was surprised by how little Graham played in that game. I mean, he, he, there was a lot of times where he was subbed out and sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, and and Watson and I Josh kind of Hill both that way last week. Yeah, I mean, Josh Hill and, and Ben Watson were playing a lot. I mean, one thing I noticed was that the Saints were showing a lot of run formations where Ingram would be the back, and they'd have Josh Hill, Ben Watson, or both of them in there, and they'd go play action, max protect. I mean, the one where they hit Kenny Stills on on uh, the double move, I think they had two or maybe three guys that went out for passes. I mean, it was max protect, a, a run formation look. On then, third and but, ten. Yeah, and then boom, they hit Kenny Stills on that play. So um, I actually thought it was pretty creative from Sean Payton. And, uh, you know, that that was the way they were able to stretch the field a little bit and hit on some of these big passes uh, was by making the Steelers think they were running the ball. Uh,
1: who sings better, Andrew, Ralph's cat, or Kevin's dog? Um <laughs> I'm gonna go with my cat. Andrew was pretty terrible to start the show.
0: I'm I'm gonna go with Kevin's dog. Yeah.
1: Um. Day and then uh, JFF asked when will Ronnie Lamarck's Christmas album be ready? Uh, it drops tomorrow, so go and buy it at Sound Warehouse. Nineteen <laughs> jokes. Um.
2: You got the joke.
1: <laughs> we got the,
2: Because uh, he's all about the jokes, about so. the
0: jokes.
1: Let's see. Uh this this is from Mitch. What do you guys think of the new Star Wars trailer? Dave probably hasn't even seen any of them, so don't ask. I did for
2: watch opinion. the Star, I did watch the Star Wars trailer to be honest with you.
1: Have you seen the Star
2: Wars And movies? I I did not understand what I have seen all of the Star Wars movies. Um and I didn't understand what the big deal about the trailer was. I mean, they showed like maybe <laughs> 10 seconds of actual movie footage. It gives you nothing about the actual movie. Can we um, stop talking about Star Wars?
1: <laughs> okay, here's another question from Mitch Andrew. Uh, if we beat, if the Saints beat the Panthers and, Fal- and the Falcons lose to Green Bay, do we wrap up the division? No.
0: No. In fact, um, there is one scenario. I mean, obviously this is extremely unlikely, but if the Saints were to go three and one with their lone loss being to Chicago, in other words, they go three and zero in the NFC South but lose to Chicago. And the Falcons go three and one with their lone loss being to the Saints. The Falcons would actually win the division. Um, so from tie-breaking purposes, it's actually not that sweet of a scenario for the Saints, even if they beat the Falcons. Um, so the really the big games looking ahead um, are the Fal- Obviously, head-to-head, the Saints have to beat the Falcons. Uh, but Falcons at Carolina is a big one, and we really need Carolina.
1: I think the absolute the, the, the over the next 2 weeks the Saints can't clinch they can't clinch obviously the the dolphins are shitting the bed all over the place my wife is losing her mind um, <laughs> it is, is it's tanny, they the, the dolphins block a punt then they throw a lateral drop it and the jets pick it up it is it is a dumpster fire upon like, wow. dumpster fire so um. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay. So sorry about that. It's a dumpster fire. My wife got a little excited. So here's the best case scenario for me as far as the Saints go: is they win the next two weeks. Atlanta loses the next two weeks.
0: Who's, and that who, are, who does Atlanta play after at Green Bay?
1: They host the Steelers.
0: Oh, that could be a loss. Usually.
1: So to me, Andrew, that's the best case scenario: is the Saints win the next two weeks and Atlanta loses and then the Saints can beat Atlanta and or, or the Saints the Saints would be two games ahead of Atlanta they could lose to Atlanta and they'd get a mulligan against Tampa the next week like that yeah. that's the best case scenario the next two weeks I think
0: yeah agreed
1: because they, they they're not i mean they just they're not going to clinch it up. but it's to me I don't see Dave I don't see a realistic path for the Saints if they don't beat Atlanta to win the south is that fair
0: I do. I mean if if Atlanta loses these next two, then they they could beat the Saints and then if the Saints beat Tampa it doesn't matter. If the Saints win the next two. Well,
1: Dave, do you th- do you see will will the Saints win the South if they don't beat Atlanta? Dave, you can go. Dave is not
0: there. I I think I I still I mean I still think the whole thing hinges on the Saints beating the Falcons. So yeah. I will say I will say no if the Saints can't be the Falcons they will not win the division.
1: <laughs> you will an- you will answer for Dave. I will
0: answer for Dave.
1: Um uh, looking at Atlanta's remaining schedule, I don't see how if the Saints go 7 and 9 they don't get in. I mean
0: So you're saying the magic number is 2.
1: No, I'm saying it's probably 2 because I I don't see it I don't see Atlanta beating Green Bay at Green Bay on Monday night. That ain't that ain't happening. I don't see them beating Pittsburgh, so but I could see Atlanta beating the Saints, and I could see them beating Carolina. So I mean, I, I think I think if the Saints go seven and nine, one of them sevens got to be Atlanta, for yeah. sure. For sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. You
1: know, um, and we lost Dave. I'm trying to I'm trying to patch Dave back in.
0: Yeah, I mean this game is critical for the Saints. I mean, I really think this is a must-win at home against Carolina. If they yeah, want to I go mean, to the playoffs, look, they, they've got to be able to take care of, of a home game against a horrific team.
1: I mean, Carolina's just they're horrific. Yeah. I mean, the, the 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 problem for them is their 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 lines are pathetic, you know. And and and, yeah. and and I just don't see how unless the Saints totally crap themselves in the on the bed and turn the ball over two or three times that Carolina can beat them. I mean, hell.
0: Well, we already saw the saints go on the road and crush them ten.
1: Well, they crushed them 20, 10 and they turned the ball over their first two possessions.
0: Yeah. So,
1: I mean, it's a very, right.
0: I didn't remember that.
1: Yeah. They, well, they remember they had the, they drove all the way down and they hit Kenny Stills in the hand, the ball popped up and they
0: intercepted Oh, That's right. And And what happened on the next drive? What's that? What happened on the next? And then
1: drive? Breeze fump, like uh uh Lorig like blocked him like accidentally
0: b- Ugh, backed into great. Breeze
1: or something. I, I wasn't watching the game. I was
0: I was, are, that was I awful. was at
1: Disney I was at Disneyland in California and I had it on the game tracker on my yeah, phone. Yeah, I
0: was melt I was melting down at that point. I remember. Um um
1: so as I try to as I as I scramble to get uh Dave back on the line. Uh, let's see.
0: Uh um, yeah, so I mean it, you, got, I th- you got any other Twitter questions
1: uh, that was i think uh that was I think the last one. Uh, will Kevin ever be on the podcast again um
0: I sure hope so. when
1: when 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 the Ferguson stuff dies down. here's another one from super Saiyan Saints, can Hicks be motivated by bacon? can Jenkins
0: <laughs> I thought Jenkins played pretty well, yeah. I really did I, I It made me wonder, hey, should we have been starting him sooner, uh, but I, I thought he plugged the gap pretty well, ate some space, and he actually had about four or five tackles, which for a nose is pretty impressive, so yeah, um, I, I hope he can keep playing like that Any
1: anybody, anybody can be motivated by bacon so yes. that's yes,
0: especially uh, those two uh
1: would you rather p. Rob get his hands or keep his cover skills? Oh, keep the cover skills. I say.
0: Like, yeah. The drop. I mean, he, he, he's not even in a position to make picks if he's not if he's not playing good yeah. defense. So.
1: Just just P Rob, just give us four more weeks of what you gave us yesterday, and that'll be perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, um, a serviceable number two corner is what this team's been missing all year. Look, Jabari Greer, we loved him. He he was never an interception machine. That dude no. couldn't catch to save his life.
1: No, he but the had,
0: Saints were winning games when he was our number two corner.
1: Uh, Java man asked, are the Saints putting anyone into the Ring of Honor? I googled this because I saw this question earlier. Uh, I don't see anything, and they've only got two more home games, so unless they're keeping it under wraps, uh, I don't see anything. But I would think like you got to have like if they were going to do it, it would be like Morton and maybe hmm, I don't know like. Maybe Morton and maybe Deuce could be two guys they could do. You could go. I'd,
0: I'd i mean Morton. First of all, the Falcons. He, he's got the Falcons stench on him. <laughs> you can't, they uh, can't do it against the
1: Falcons, right? I, no, I, I
0: would want to wait and see if Morton goes into the Hall of Fame as a Saint or a Falcon before I decide. Um, you know, to if he's in the Ring of Honor or not. I would like to see the Dome Patrol go in as a unit.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. I mean so we'll see. Um uh this is from Adam Fauchet. Could my nine could my nine month old have a better fantasy football season than Ralph? Abso fucking Well,
0: except I, except when Ralph goes up against Jimmy Graham, apparently. Uh
1: yeah, well that in, in the in the Chronic Podcast League which you should join next year. It was loads of fun for everybody. I went two and ten, and my team was a disaster. And the only thing I did right was draft Antonio Brown. But I my team was so destroying Drew Brees that I had to get rid of him. So I traded Antonio Brown and Drew Brees for Matt Ryan and Alshon Jeffrey.
0: I, I'm telling you right now, I will play under two stipulations. Number one, it's Yahoo instead of ESPN. <laughs> And number two, uh, no auction draft.
1: We might, we might do, we might do next year. We we had so many people want to be in it. We could have done two leagues. So next year, Andrew, we may do one auction and one regular, and we'll break it up. And like me and you will be in one league, and Kevin will be in the other.
0: Um, All right.
1: So, but but it's been a lot of fun. Uh,
0: um, who's, who's who's winning that league? Uh,
1: I think Fochet might be winning that league. Oh, they nice. have a, they have a bunch of people that have like mediocre records, but they're
0: how's the Monadula? Is he hanging in there? Yeah, he's hanging in there. Me and Kevin are f-
1: disasters. Um, <laughs> so that's always fun. So like Kevin, he can't make too fun of me. I mean,
0: you guys like, were both talking so much trash at the beginning of the year about how yeah, good I you would, were going to be.
1: I was two. The thing is, Andrew, I was two and three. Now I'm two and ten. Wow. Wow, well, it does. It it, it takes a. It takes a very it takes a very special kind of suck um I'm trying to we want to get Dave back on the line but I guess maybe we're not gonna get him um so we'll do predictions um my editor at channel four said under no circumstances am I allowed to pick the Saints to win
0: <laughs> in my
1: column I am on a nine game streak where I have not picked the winner of the Saints game correctly the last time I did it was the Minnesota game um so There is no earthly reason why Carolina should win this game at all. And that's exactly why they're going to win. I don't know how they're going to fucking do it, Andrew, but they're going to find a way to do it. It won't be a total disaster because Green Bay is going to house Atlanta on Monday night. But Carolina is going to win this game like 23 to 20 or something. I don't know how, but they're going to do it. And that's my prediction.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could go for the reverse jinx thing. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, I genuinely thought the Saints had no shot in Pittsburgh. So uh, that was a very pleasant surprise for them to go in there and steal that game. Um, not really steal it, just completely outperform the Steelers. So, uh, but I think the Saints are, are focused right now, and I think um, give them a lot of credit. By the way, you know, I, I think the media really expected uh, the Saints to go into Pittsburgh and get crushed. Mm -hmm. And I think that this doom and gloom, these three doom and gloom reports they threw out there before the game, um, you know, kind of got squashed pretty quickly because the saints are riding high after the game. Um, I think if the saints had lost or if breeze had had another bad game or a soul crushing pick, um, you know, obviously the, those reports um, get a lot more hits and they're talked about a lot more. So, Uh, but I think the saints have kind of righted the ship. I mean, again, they beat the Panthers 28, 10 on the road. So this is a game they have to have. I mean, if they have any playoff aspirations, if the, if this team has any backbone, uh, they're going to come out there and, and they're going to take it to the Panthers, a much inferior team. Um, and if you look at Rob Ryan, of what he's done against Cam Newton the last three yeah. games... So
1: he's a miracle drive from being a perfect 3-0. and
0: Yeah, he's a miracle drive from being a perfect 3-0, and and if you pull Cam Newton's stats from those That's three right games, him. he's been a train wreck. Um, so... Uh, my opinion is the Saints come out, and if they can get some points early, you know, if they if they can go up quick, you know, 17 nothing, um, it's yeah. in the bag. And I really do think, yeah, you know, I'd love to do the reverse jinx thing again, but I got to be realistic here. I, I really do expect the Saints to come out. And uh, put together a pretty impressive performance, so I'm, I'm going to say 37-10, comfortable Saints win.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the thing is for the Saints, man they they get they get you know if they can take care of their business against Carolina, which I don't think they. I mean, I just I'm wrong picking, and I just the the total 2014 Saints move is to look great against Pittsburgh and lose against Carolina. Yeah,
0: I will I will say what's ominous is last week on the podcast when I was when I was guaranteeing a Saints loss, you you came out and you said. The Saints are going to go on the road. They're going to beat Pittsburgh, and just when everyone thinks everything's better, they're going to come home and lose to the Panthers. It's the total 2014
1: 2014 move.
0: I'm not going to lie. As soon as the Saints won that game, I remembered (laughs) you saying that, and I immediately felt scared about the game. But the thing is,
1: Andrew, if if they can handle their business against Carolina, you get to watch Atlanta on Monday night. They're not beating Green Bay. I don't see any way that happens unless Aaron Rodgers drops dead. Right. Uh, you know so they can they could do that and then atlanta could lose to pittsburgh sunday and they could play the next monday night against chicago and have a chance to just grab the nfc south by the throat you know
0: and, and need to win one of their last two and need yeah.
1: win one of their last two goddamn games
0: um, yeah so i'm i'm going to go mvp um, i think breeze is going to pick up right where he left off. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think he's going to have a, another monster game. He, he's playing at a high level now. He's kind of locked and loaded. Um, but I think Jimmy Graham, I, I'll go with Graham. I think he'll rebound. Uh, he's traditionally done pretty well against the Panthers and, uh, you know, he's quiet. So <laughs> I think find... horrible. Yeah, I mean, if Roman Harper is one-on-one in coverage with him, we know how that ends. So you know, and, and uh, I think he'll have a nice bounce-back game.
1: You know, and Carolina, they, in that first game, I mean, Mark Ingram had 100 yards, but didn't he carry it like 30 times?
0: Yeah, they did a pretty good job of stopping him, and the Saints, you know, just committed to it. But, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it seems like uh, Rob Ryan has the, the secret to bottling up Cam Newton. He knows how to, how to play him. So
1: we'll see, and go to Saints Nation. Andrews got his grades. He gave Drew Brees an A plus this week. Did you not?
0: I did. I gave him and and Kenny Stills an A plus as yeah. well.
1: So I mean, there. You know, it's just listen. I mean, it's, it's it's Carolina is a fuck. They're 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 bad, and they they to they, to me like they have bad team. I mean, they have a bunch of bad teams. Like Tampa and different ones. But, but Carolina, to me, Andrews, in that pile of teams, like they'll quit if you get up. Like the Raiders and Carolina and the Bears, even though they're five and seven. Like if you jump on the Bears fast, they'll fucking roll over and die. Like they have a pool of teams that not only are they bad, they're begging to just quit if you jump on top of them. Um, so, you know, they just got to handle their business. So go to Saints Nation, get Andrew's grades, go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave couldn't give us a prediction, but he probably would have picked Carolina to win. Uh, Kevin is covering Ferguson. Be well, Kevin. And, uh, until next week, people, uh, be well.